You're listening to a special message from Pastor Robert Andrews about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate during 2017. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how are we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Are y'all excited to be here? Y'all don't sound excited today. Is it, is it too cold for to be excited, amen? All right, well, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them congratulations. Come on now, y'all participate. Tell them congratulations, right? They survived the Arctic blast and made it to church to end the year on a good note. Hey, we're glad that you are here today. If you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews, one of the pastors here at Elevate Church. And again, I'm I'm thankful that you're joining us today, even though it's cold outside, it's warm in here, amen? Well, today is really one of my favorite days of the year as far as the church goes, because it's a day in which we really look back on all that God has done through Elevate Church, all that God has done for Elevate Church, and all that God has done in uh, Elevate Church. We really get to talk about how God has blessed us and how God has used us to bless others. And as we start today, let me just ask you guys, how many of y'all know that life happens fast? It really does. It happens fast. Uh, if, if you've got kids, uh, you know this uh, for a fact. You know this uh, for a fact. I've got three kids. Brianna Grace is 11. Sadie Kate is six, almost seven. Lawson Cruz is four months old. And uh, when I think about Brianna Grace, I can't believe that she is 11 years old, 11 years old. Uh, I can still uh, remember the day that the day that she was that she was born. I mean, you know, but 11 years really have come and 11 years have gone. And maybe the reason why it's hard for me to believe that 11 years have come and gone is because uh, really things haven't changed much for me in the past 11 years. Like I haven't really changed my style uh, in uh, 11 years. I wear a lot of the same clothes that I've been wearing for the past 10 years. Anybody you right there with me, you're wearing some of the same clothes that you used to. Uh, but obviously, if you've got a child, that's not the case, you know what I mean? Because you see the kids, you see them grow out of their clothes. Like, again, Lawson Cruz is only four months, and Amanda's already like, he doesn't fit in this anymore, you know? And so, I mean, they grow, they grow. But again, Brianna Grace, I can remember her being born. I can remember holding her as a little child in my hands, you know what I mean? And just thinking, man, she's so small in such a big world, but things have Changed. Things have changed. She has grown. And the truth of the matter is, you know, the same thing is true of the church. But for us, we don't think things change because, again, uh, various reasons. But I, I really think because we don't, we, we don't really change our, our clothing style uh, very often. This past couple weeks ago, I decided I was going to do some Christmas shopping for uh, people in our family, just people that we know. And while I was there, I decided that I was going to uh, you know, kind of get me something for myself. Anybody when you're Christmas shopping, you think, hey, I'll just pick up something for me, just me. Some of you are like, no, pastor, I never do that. It's better to give than to receive. Exactly. I was going to give myself something, okay? Um, and so I was, at, I was at Target, and I said, hey, I'm going to look for some new clothes. And so I go back to the men's section, and uh, when I get into the men's section, I, I thought I must not be in the men's section because a lot of the clothes that uh, they're selling in the men's section now are kind of girly, you know what I mean? They were feminine. <laughs> Um, and so it's really hard to find jeans that are not what they call skinny jeans uh, nowadays. 
And so I'm sitting here going, man, I'm not about to wear no skinny jeans. My quads need to breathe. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm looking at these jeans. I'm looking for a pair of jeans that would fit me. And I look up at the poster, this model wearing these jeans, and he looks happy, and he looks confident. And I'm saying, well, maybe if I get me some jeans like that, I'll be happy and I'll be confident. So I find my size, you know, or what should be my size. Uh, and so I go to the fitting room to try these things on. And uh, I can't stand up here in good conscience and tell you that I completely tried them on uh, because I couldn't get them past my muscular quads. You know what I'm saying? I really, I really couldn't. Those things were so tight. Those things were so tight on me. And I'm thinking, man, why in the world do people want to wear these? And so I could hardly, hardly get them off. How many of y'all know those Chinese finger traps? You know what I mean? Where the air, that's what had happened, man. Those jeans had suctioned to my legs and I'm trying to, trying to get them off and I'm not making this up. I actually fell in the fitting room. Uh, so I'm 6'2 and I weigh 205, 207 pounds, something like that. Uh, and so when something that big falls, it's not very graceful. Okay. And so I hit the wall and they've got this red seat that's kind of hollow in there. And I hit that thing and it was so loud. It sounded like a gunshot for real. And so the woman who gives you the little, the little hanger in the, in the room, you know, to let you know how many, how many clothes you're taking back there. She comes at she must've thought I died. Cause she comes and knocks on the door and she says, uh, excuse me, is everything okay in there? And I was embarrassed. And so <laughs> the only thing that the only words that really could come out of my mouth were skinny jeans. That's all I said. And so she goes, mm-hmm, I know what that's like. And so I was like, all right. But again, uh, my style hasn't changed in 10 years, and it's probably not going to. But again, our kids, we, we see them grow. We see them change. And that's, that's not the case all the time for us. Uh, but the same thing, again, is true for the church. We, we really have, uh, Elevate Church has, has, has experienced so much change and so much growth. Things are not the same as they were when we first started. See, if you're new here to Elevate Church, you might not know this, but we actually started in a restaurant right here in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, and so it amazes me that everything our church once owned could be fit into this little trailer that's parked out, out front. You know what I mean? It's got to elevate on the side. And so that reminds me of where we were, where we used to be, to where God has really brought us to today. It's a constant reminder to me. And so I love to look back. And in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5 tells one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's about this crazy man who gets set free. It's about this wild man who really gets healed. But before you read Mark chapter 5, you have to read Mark chapter 4. You've got to read Mark chapter 4 to get to Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 4, what I want you to understand is that Jesus and his disciples, they are, Jesus is teaching, and there are huge crowds of people that have gathered around. There are all kinds of people flocking to Jesus. He's teaching them. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, here's what the Bible says. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now, if you were a disciple of Christ, you're probably thinking, why in the world would we want to leave this place? Why? I mean, there's huge crowds of people here, Jesus. People, people are coming to us. We're, we're popular. Why in the world would we want to leave this place? Look at all these people. But Jesus is like, no, let's go to the other side. Now, why would Jesus want to go to the other side? Well, we're about to see it's because there was somebody on the other side of the lake who needed to be reached for Jesus's name. And so I can't help but think the disciples were like, Jesus, let's just stay here. But Jesus is like, no, let's go to the other side. So they get into the boat to go across the other side of the lake. And as they are going across the other side of the lake, you know what happens? A storm comes up. A storm comes up. And here's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 37. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up. Not just a regular storm. We're talking about a fierce storm 
storm. And it says, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now, let me stop for just a second. A couple of years ago, Amanda and I celebrated our anniversary by going to Jamaica. Uh, that was really the first trip we'd ever taken uh, on our anniversary. And so while we were there, we thought it would be cool to take uh, what they called a glass bottom boat ride. You get to ride on this boat that has a glass bottom. And so we thought, man, this would be awesome. You'll be able to see all the fish and all the sea life. It's going to be amazing. And so we go out on this glass bottom boat ride. And when we're out there, I don't know what was up, but the waves were crazy, okay? The waves were crazy. And so we're rocking back and forth. And because you can see actually through the boat, I don't know, I got sick. I really felt like I was going to throw up. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this is not going to be good. And then I'm going, whose bright idea was this to go on this boat? Who thought this would be a good idea? This is a terrible idea. And I can't help but think that some of Jesus his disciples kind of had some similar thoughts because waves are coming into the boat. The boat is actually filling with water, and the disciples are like, whose idea was this for us to cross to the other side of the lake? And I can imagine them looking at Jesus like, you ever look at somebody like that when it's their fault, you know what I mean? And they're looking at Jesus like that, but you know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is actually asleep. He's sleeping. The Bible says in verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. This is amazing. I don't know if you can picture this. The boat's rocking back and forth, and there's old Jesus just sleeping like a baby. He's sleeping, and the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And so you know what Jesus does? Jesus gets up from his nap. He walks over to the side of the boat. He rebukes the wind and the waves, and everything calms down. Now, the Bible doesn't say this, but in my mind, I imagine after Jesus did this, that he just went back to sleep. You know, after he, after he did it, he gets up, rebukes the wind and the wave, and he just goes back to sleep. And at that moment, you know, the disciples are like, what in the world? Because look at what verse 41 says. It says the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. I mean, if Jesus heard them saying that, he probably would have said, hey, it's okay. I'm the son of God. But again, he just went back to bed in my mind. That's how I see it happening. And so, uh, but I do know for a matter of fact that the disciples are like, why in the world? Why in the world would we go to the other side of the lake? Why would we do this? And believe it or not, uh, there were people who said something very similar to that when we started this church nearly five years ago. They said, why would you do that? Why does Vicksburg need another church? Why? And so my answer is the same answer Jesus probably gave his disciples, and that was that someone was on the other side of the lake that needed to be reached. The reason why our church exists is because there are still people in Vicksburg, Mississippi that need to be reached for Jesus' sake, and there are plenty of people in our city, again, who need to hear the gospel. We keep teaching, we keep going, we keep serving, we keep telling, we keep loving, we keep going until the entire world knows Jesus Christ. See, the chapter divisions and verses that you and I see in the Bible they weren't there originally. The authors of the Old Testament and the New Testament, they weren't going, here's verse 1 of what I want to say. Here's verse 2 of what I want to say. Here's verse 22 of what I want to say. No. Each verse is a continuation of the verse before. Each story is a continuation of the story before it. And so the disciples in Mark chapter 4, they head to the other side of the lake. And when we get to verse to chapter 5, it's just a continuation of that. That, that, that Bible is, the Bible is going to tell us that when they got to the other side. And so look at verse 2. When they get there, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, the Bible says in Mark chapter 5, verse 2, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet them. 
So think about this. This, this man is crazy. This man is about as far from Christ as you can imagine. This man is running at Jesus, and he's running at the disciples. And something interesting about this man is that he is naked. Okay, he's naked, and he's running at Jesus. He's running at the disciples. This would have been just a wild experience because, come on, if you park your car at the Walmart here in Vicksburg or you go to Kroger, and as soon as you get out and shut your door and you see some naked man running at you, what are you going to be like? You know, you're going to be freaked out. Y'all still with me? Oh, that's normal. We're in Vicksburg. No, right? Come on. You, you know, that, that'd be weird. So the next few verses go on to describe him this way. This man lived in burial caves and could no longer be restrained. Hung out with dead people, even with a chain. Couldn't be restrained with a, dead, with, with, uh, with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often as he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered around the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. For, for real, this, this is not the kind of person that you would like to hang out with. If you have a daughter and your daughter brought a guy like this home to meet the family at Christmas or any other time of the year, you would be saying, this ain't happening. I got, I got two girls. I would be saying, this is not happening. Get out. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? Get out of the house. That's what I would be, I would be saying. Well, Jesus isn't repulsed by this man. No, Jesus looks at this man with compassion. Jesus heals this man, and Jesus sets this man free. You can read all about what Jesus does for this man in chapter 5 of Mark. But here's what's interesting. Jesus changes this man so much that people rush back to see what it's all about. I want you to look at verse 15, man. This verse really blesses me. Mark chapter 5, verse 15. Check this out. The Bible says, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed, good thing, and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Now, let me stop for just a second and ask you a question. Uh, who are the crowds gathered around? Not a trick question. Jesus, right? That's what the Bible says. Crowds gathered around Jesus. Yes, obviously, crowds were around this man who at one time was naked and crazy, but now is clothed and in his right mind. But the point is crowds gathered around Jesus. Well, folks, that's what the point of Elevate Church really is. We've tried to get people to gather around Jesus. We've tried to create a place where people can come and where Jesus's name is lifted high because it's the name of Jesus that's beautiful. It's the name of Jesus that transforms people. It's the name of Jesus that transforms marriages. It's the name of Jesus that really can turn whatever situation you find yourself in around and do miraculous things. We want to gather as many people as we can around the Christ, the God, who died for them. And so that's really what we have done at Elevate Church, especially this year. Especially this year. Did you know at Easter, at Easter, that this past year we had, we had a record attendance? We had actually 401 people gather right here at Elevate Church to hear about the one who gave his life for them. That's, that's amazing. To me, it is. Because in 2016, our Easter attendance was 326. So that is a growth 
of 75 people really for that service in one year. That's amazing. 401 people came. Our Christmas attendance this year was higher than our Easter attendance last year. We had, we had over 350 people here last week. And I don't know if you were here last week, but it was a blessing. It really was. It was a blessing to see everybody come, take communion, and remember again the sacrifice of Christ. That many people could not have gathered in a local restaurant. I love to think, I love to think about our church gathering crowds of people, men, women, boys, and girls, crowds of, crowds of people gathering them around Jesus. And so I hope we continue to do that. I hope things like that become the norm around here. Why? Because there are still so many people right here in our city who need to be reached with the gospel of Christ. People you work with, people you live near, people you interact with. And so I want to encourage you to continue to invite your friends, continue to invite your family, continue to invite the people that you run into and that you interact with, people who need Jesus. See, this crazy man in Mark chapter 5, he is transformed. This man, he was transformed and he wanted, he wanted to go with Jesus. But I want you to see what Jesus says to this man in verse 19. The Bible says this, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. See, see, in my opinion, it's good for us to look back. It's good for us to remember the things that the Lord has done for us. It's good for you and I to remember those things so that we can tell other people about how good God really has been. And I'm telling you, 2017 was an amazing year for Elevate Church. Here are just a few things that I want to kind of point out to you. Did you know that this past year, your generosity, your generosity enabled us to complete the construction of some children's rooms and some bathrooms on the other side of this wall. To me, I just want to thank Thank you guys for your generosity. Thank you for believing in the mission. Thank you for helping us reach people far from Christ and far from his church. Our children now have an entire space that's dedicated to them gathering more kids around Jesus. And that's really what they have been doing. Did you know that the average attendance, the average attendance for Children's Church this past, this past year was 67? 67 kids, man. That is amazing. We have so many kids who are meeting here at our church that they actually need more room, more room to gather. We've got so many kids who are actually meeting here at our church that we actually need more volunteers, more volunteers. Uh, I, got, I hear people all the time say, man, I really wish there was something that I could do at Elevate Church. I really wish that there was some place that I could serve. I got two words for you, kids, church. Everybody say kids, church. You, you can serve in kids' church. You say, Robert, I check my kids in at ch children's church because I just need a break for them. One hour. Anybody, you say that, right? You don't want to raise your hand. I just need a break from my kids. That's why I check them in to children's church. Look, if that's you, just tell us, okay? I promise we'll put you in a room where your kid isn't. We'll give you a break from your child, but serve in kids' church. We need some more volunteers, y'all. Y'all help us out, man. But it's amazing. Again, we've got so many kids, 67 kids. There are some churches in America that don't even have 67 members that make up their entire membership. I'm telling you, God has been good to us. Did you know that in 2017, we really have a combined total of over 5,000 volunteer hours? What that means is that we have volunteers who are serving here every Sunday throughout the, throughout the week, and that means that they have given, they have contributed over 5,000 hours of their life to serve others and to serve Jesus. To me, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Really. 
that people would contribute their life, that they would actually give their life. In 2017, we were able to expand our pastoral staff. We brought uh, Pastor Tommy Curtis over on the staff. He's our community pastor. And if you don't know uh, Pastor Tommy, I just want you to know he is a great guy. He really is. He is an amazing guy. If you spend any time talking to Pastor Tommy, he is going to make you smile. He is going to make you feel better about yourself. He really is such an encourager. This past year, we added a new ministry to the mix here at the church. We added a dance ministry, just like you got to see last Sunday, where kids and people are coming and expressing their worship and love to God, to the only God who really is deserving of our worship and praise. And so it's just amazing to me. How many of y'all, we were, we were able to really help people, not just at our church, uh, but really we were able to do some great things here in the community. God enabled us and empowered us to make a difference right here in our community. How many of y'all remember the, the water apocalypse of 2017, you know, where Vicksburg had no water? We were able to distribute over 8,000 bottled waters from our church in just a few days. We were able to deliver water to people who were homebound. We were able to really help people when they really desperately need it. Um, we actually uh, were able to also uh, help people in our community and in our church with energy bills, with water bills. We even bought an air condition for someone this past summer uh, who really, who really, who really needed it. We were, we were able to minister to thousands of kids and parents at our uh, or about a th over a thousand kids and parents at our at our uh, our our trunk or treat. I don't know how many y'all were here, man. It was amazing. There were so many people. The police were here trying to direct people across the road. It really was amazing. We passed out 4,000 bottled waters at Riverfest, and I know that some people are like, "Well, that's not really a big deal." Passing out a bottle of water, giving somebody a piece of candy, but it's a really big deal. You know why? Because of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, verses 37 through 40. Look at this. Jesus says this. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. See, just giving a piece of candy or giving someone water in the name of Jesus is just like serving Jesus. It is a big deal. When Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, we were able to partner with another local church here to distribute water to people over there. And do you know that we gave so much water that the church we were partnering with said they, they, they didn't have the ability to, to transport any more water. I mean, we gave more than they could handle. Talk about Elevate Church showing up in a big way. That's amazing. That is amazing to me. We also, when, when, uh, when uh, Hurricane Irma hit Miami, we were able to send cleaning supplies and water to people down there. Elevate Church sent over 100 shoe boxes to less fortunate kids around the world, shoe boxes full of toys and hygiene items. Again, I just want you to know that Elevate Church has been so touched by the goodness and the mercy of God that we reached out locally, that we reached out nationally, and that we reached out globally. Why? So that other people too could feel the goodness of God. We've had so many people message our church and say, you know what? They look forward to coming to church 
every week that they hate to miss, that they feel like they're growing in their faith. We actually have people who are listening online right now. That's why I like you guys to participate and clap so that they can hear you. Let them know you're here this morning. Yeah, see, see they might just... They might just think I'm the only person in the room. That's why I like for you guys to participate, you know, but they're listening right now when they can't be here. This past year, did you know it was amazing to me to watch 18 people publicly profess their faith in Christ and take their next step and be baptized. That's amazing to me. I love, I love that. Not only did we get to watch 18 people do that, but we actually got to watch fathers baptize their children. And we got to watch husbands baptize their wife. We got to watch men stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to be a real man. I'm going to be the man that God wants me to be. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to raise my family the way that God would have me do that. I love it when men stand up for Jesus. I love that. It's amazing to me that it's happening right here at Elevate Church. Something else that's happened at Elevate Church that just amazes me is that people have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's amazing to me. See, every week at the end of our service, we have a call to salvation. And we ask people to respond, and we ask them to raise their hand. And really, every week, every week, we have people who, who really raise their hand. That's why you need to invite people you know who don't know Christ to church. And when I say, hey, every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to give you permission to look, make sure, you know, because you might see your friend, raise their hand, you know, but don't let them know you're looking, but just, you know what I mean? It'll do something for you. But every week we have people raise their hand and say, you know what, today I'm surrendering to Christ. Today I really am giving my heart to Jesus. But it's really hard for us to follow up if we don't know who those people were. If they didn't, if they didn't let us know, hey, you know what, I accepted Christ today as my Lord and Savior. It's hard for us to follow up with that and help them take their next steps. That's why every week at the end of the service, we remind people about those information cards in their chair. Hey, if you prayed to receive Christ, we want to know about it. On the back of that card, you can write, hey, today I committed my life to Christ. We, we want to follow up with those people. That's how, we, that's how we measure how many salvations have had. And do you know that we had 15 people this past year fill out salvation cards, cards for salvation. 15 people stepped from death to life. 15 people were dead in their sins, but they're now alive forevermore. That's amazing. It's amazing. I'm telling you, God has been good to us. He's been good to us. And in Mark chapter 5, Jesus tells this man to go and to tell others. To go and to tell others all that God has done for him. And I want you to see what happens in verse 20. Check this out. It says, so the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. And I love that. I love that this man really couldn't help but tell other people about what God had done for him. And that's what I'm trying to do for you today. That's what I want Elevate to know today is that God has done some amazing things for us. I want you to know that God has blessed us. God has been good to us. It's been amazing. In fact, God hasn't just been good to us this year. God has been great. He's been great. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know that next year, God wants to do even greater things. I know that. See, I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. But how many of y'all like to watch wrestling? A couple of us. Praise the Lord. I love it. I watch it. I do. And my six-year-old, Sadie Kate, every time she sees me watching wrestling, 
she comes in there and she says, why do you even watch that? It's fake. I'm like, no, it's not. It's real. I believe. I believe. Because come on, how many of y'all ever been a figure four lock? You know, leg lock? That, hey, that's, it's, don't tell me that ain't real. How many of y'all ever had an elbow dropped on you? That's real. How many of y'all ever had a, a choke slam or a, you know, a chop to the chest? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's real, okay? It's real. In my mind, it's real. She's always trying to crush my spirits, you know, but I love to, I love to watch it. And what's interesting to me is how wrestlers carry themselves. You know, they, they walk out and say things like, I'm the best wrestler in the entire world. I'm the best wrestler ever. And they're not the best wrestler ever. The best wrestler ever is macho man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Him or Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm saying? Those were the best wrestlers. Those were the best wrestlers. But they all carry themselves as if, as if they're, they're the man. They carry themselves like, like they're important, especially if they have a championship belt. Well, my question is, do you ever carry yourself that way? See... How is your posture right now? Are you sitting up straight? Are you slouched over? How's your posture? When you experience disappointment or defeat, how does that affect your posture? But whenever you feel important or needed or like you've accomplished something great, does that make you stand up a little taller? What if I told you today that you are the church? You're not just part of the body of Christ. But what if I told you that you and I, we, we, if anybody else who has Christ in their heart, you're not just part of the body of Christ. You are the church. If, if you knew that, if you believed that, would you... Would you stand up a little bit taller? Would you sit up a little bit higher? Would you shine a little bit brighter? And would you be a little bit bolder if you really understood that you are the church? Because here's what Jesus says about his church in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 through 19. Jesus says, I will build my church and the forces of Hades will not overpower it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Man, that should do something to our soul. It really should. If Jesus lives in your heart, you are the church. If Jesus lives in your heart, there is power within you. If Jesus is in your heart, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. There is power there. The same power that rose, that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you, lives inside of me if Christ is our Savior. So how does that affect your posture? When you read things in God's word, like Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, which says, hey, you know what? I am able to do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How does that affect your posture? When you read things like 1 John 4, 4, when it says, but you, you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. How does that affect your posture? See, folks, Jesus says that we are his church. 
We are the salt of the earth. We bring flavor and seasoning to the disgusting world in which we live. We are the light of the world, which means that we should shine the brightest in the areas around us that are dingy and dark and detestable. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. You see that? We're God's fields. We are God's buildings. We are where God dwells. We're where he dwells. We are walking and talking vessels. You and I are living branches of the kingdom of God. We not only represent the church, but sometimes we are the only visible, the visible reflection of the church and of Jesus that some people ever see. How does that affect your posture? When people look at you, do they see the power of God at work? Do they see compassion? Do they see humility? Do they see grace and purity? Have the seeds that have been planted within our hearts began to take root and produce fruit for everyone to see? You and I are the church. And I'm telling you, it's time for you and I, just like what Jesus told the disciples, let's go to the other side. It's time for you and I to go to the other side. It's time for us to do more, to reach farther, to do what it is that God wants us to do, to take this city for Christ. In fact, this city is already, it already belongs to God. The scripture tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That means it already belongs to God. And so you know what that means? It's time for us. It's time for us to take what is already ours. It's time. It's time for the church to rise up and to tell others about what God has done for us so that they'll know what God can do for them. It's time for us to continue to reach people who are far from Christ. See, I can't wait to see what God accomplishes right here at LA Church next year. Because I'm telling you, he wants to do greater things. He wants to do greater things at this church. He wants to do greater things in your life. You are the church. We are the church. That should do something. That should do something to our spirit. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I, knew, I do know today, sometimes I don't always remember that I am the church. And maybe you're right there with me. Maybe there have been times in your life where you've really not even considered the fact that you are a living branch of the kingdom of God. I just want you to know today that God wants to use you. And maybe you're here today and you know that you haven't surrendered your life to him. Maybe today you feel like you're just so far from Christ, just like this man who was living in the tombs, cutting himself with stones, running around howling at the moon, People looked at him and said, hey, you know what? There's no hope for that guy. And maybe you feel that way today, that there's just no hope for you. Well, I want you to know that that is not true. The same Christ who transformed that man in the tombs can transform you right now today. 
And so if you know today that you need to be transformed, you need to give Jesus your heart and your life, I'm gonna ask that right where you are that you pray. Father, today, help me realize how great you are, how powerful you are. Help me, Father, to surrender to you. Forgive me for my sins. Change me. Mold me. Make me into a new creation. Help me, Father, to realize by surrendering to you that the old is gone, that the new has come. Today, Father, I confess you as Lord. Help me to follow you every day of my life. As you continue to bow your heads, I'm going to ask that if you prayed that prayer today to be saved, to surrender to him so that you could be transformed. If you prayed that prayer right where you are, I'm going to ask that you just lift your hand. Amen. 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 Today's a day of life change. Father, thank you for changing lives. Thank you for using Elevate to reach people for the name of Christ. I pray, Father, that you would always do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.